0: Uh, Well, good morning. My name is Roger Lewis and uh, yes, first if I could say welcome, good to um, see everyone here today. Now, uh, in a moment we're going to hear another reading from the Bible, but it can be a bit uh, complicated to understand at first hearing, so I thought I'd say a few words by way of introduction. Now, I don't know how much you know about the Bible, but I've got one here. It's a big book and it's got lots of different parts in it. And the parts themselves are also called books, which is a bit confusing, uh, but you might think of it as a library of a lot of books. Do any children know how many books there are in the Bible? Shout out. Anyone know? Sixty-six I heard. That's right. There are sixty-six uh, books in the Bible. <coughs> some of them are long. Some of them are short. Uh, they are different styles. There's some history. There's some lore. Uh, there's biography. There's poetry and the the book we're going to look at today is a letter. It's in the form of a letter and it's very short. It's only about 300 words. It fits on a page. So it's just you might say and and some of the letters in the Bible are written to um, churches and this one's more of a personal letter and it's written by a fellow called Paul and there's a picture here on the bulletin if you've got it uh, somebody's idea of Paul. Uh, So he was an early Christian and he's there, you might see if you look carefully, he's in chains, he's in prison. So Paul um, Paul was in prison because of his faith in Jesus and Paul's calling in life was to tell people about Jesus and among the people he spoke to was someone called Philemon. You see here the mention Philemon. And uh, Paul had met him in Colossae and Philemon had uh, become a Christian as a result. Now, sometime later uh, that... Um, uh, Paul was here in prison, and uh, a slave or a servant of Philemon's named Onesimus uh, came and uh, talked to Paul and also became a Christian. And so, this is a background um, to the story. There are these main characters Paul in prison as writing uh, the letter to Philemon, uh, his Christian brother back in Colossae. There are a few other people mentioned. I'll say uh, so there's Appiah, who is described. Uh, well you see here actually, thanks Josh, our sister. So uh, she's a sister in Christ, but probably uh, Philemon's wife. And then Archippus, you see there, uh, he may well have been their son. So uh, those are the, those are the uh, people who it's written to, but you'll also see it's written to the church that meets in their home. So there was a house church meeting in Philemon's home, and uh, Aphia, Archippus, Philemon and others uh, were members of this church. Now it was written, uh, if we can go back to verse 1, Josh, if you've got it there, uh, it says there, Timothy our brother. So Timothy was also uh, with Paul in prison, or uh, with Paul uh, at the time, and probably Timothy helped write the letter, or he said here it's from Paul and Timothy. Uh, Probably Paul dictated it, Timothy wrote it down. There's a section you'll hear that Paul wrote with his own hand, and here's perhaps a picture of him writing a few words with his own hand. Um, Timothy probably physically write down the rest of the letter, uh, and, um, and that, so Paul then uh, signed it, if you like, uh, in, I- in his own hand. Now, the background which um, we need to know, the key thing is that Onesimus, this um, servant or slave of Philemon, had gone uh, AWOL, uh, had run away, and, uh, and somehow ended up um, with Paul. And the name Onesimus means useful, and I thought we might call it Handy now, like Handy Andy. So that was sort of his nickname, or you know, useful, or that's what his name meant. Uh, and Paul makes a bit of a play on that. Uh, so, uh, so there it is. So just to make this clear, um, here it is. Here's a letter um, to these people: uh, to Philemon, to Apia, Archippus, and the home church. Return address from Paul and Timothy. Uh, returned in the prison. It's just a one-page letter, and so. Onesimus, this runaway slave, takes this letter from Paul back to Philemon in the church. He shows up, uh, this guy who's run away, stolen some money perhaps from Philemon, turns up with this letter and it's read out, probably read out loud like we'll hear now and probably in the church meeting like here now. And so just imagine you're Philemon or one of these people, Appiah uh, Archippus or a member of the house church. Onesimus rolls up with this letter from Paul and Timothy. Let's see what it says in
1: there. Who better to read this than another Paul? Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Akhipas, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son whilst I was in chains, Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favour you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit.
0: Well, we might um, start with uh, verse 1 of this uh, short book of the Bible, this letter uh, from Paul to, um, to Philemon. Now, how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Well, um, we're thinking about it today because Paul is in a Roman prison. And you might think, who put him there? Why was he in prison? Who put him there? A Roman soldier? Uh, a Roman magistrate? the Roman state, uh, or perhaps you might say his enemies conniving with the Roman state to put him in prison. Or from a spiritual point of view you might think Satan has put Paul in prison to bind him, to restrict him, to limit what he can do. This is the work of the evil one. But you see in those first words of the letter, Paul calls himself a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He attributes his circumstances, difficult as they were, to Christ Jesus. Paul's focus, his beginning, is with Jesus. And he sees Jesus as being in control of his circumstances. In a nutshell, Jesus is Lord. And uh, there are some other people around in prison. We see Timothy is there, maybe not in prison, but um, able to visit Paul. Epaphras is mentioned at the end of the letter as being in prison uh, well with Paul and there are other people mentioned, Mark, uh, Luke, Demas, Aristarchus who are also um, meeting with Paul while he's in prison. So it's that group, uh, if you like, that are responsible uh, for one side of the letter. And where's it going? Well, we can see there in verse 2 it's going to uh, Philemon who's described as a dear friend and then in, uh, uh, and then Aphia, Aphia uh, the sister in Christ, uh, Archippus the church that and the church that meets in their house church, so I think if it were an email today, it would be uh, from Paul uh, and Timothy uh, to Philemon and his uh, cc carbon copied uh, Apia, uh Archippus, and the church in the house so it, in essence it's a personal letter from Paul to Philemon, but it's also an open letter and it was a uh, it was uh, intended to be, to be read and understood within the church. And as I said, Timothy probably physically wrote it down while Paul dictated it, or they, they discussed together what to write. Uh, and uh, we, have it, um, we have it here today, actually, to read ourselves. So you might say it's blind carbon copied to us. It doesn't say in the letter, uh, and to those people here at St Nicholas in Goulburn in 2023, but we have the letter before us through God's Spirit, to read, uh, we uh, through God's Spirit can listen to it, to hear from it and learn from it today. Alright well we pick up bits and pieces about Philemon throughout the letter so let me gather them together here uh, to build up a composite image of this, um, this person. So it seems as we've seen that he's married uh, with a, a son, probably a grown son, so, uh, so uh, a leader of a family. Uh, the church meets in his house, so he's a homeowner, but also he's using his material resources, his house, to host the church uh, meeting, so he's showing hospitality. Uh, Later, Paul talks about preparing a guest room, so he has a big enough house where there's room for guests, so he may have been wealthy. And uh, given that he has this anissimus in his employ, he's uh, wealthy enough to have a a servant or a slave. And uh, the key thing is that he's become a Christian, and he, uh, Paul says that Philemon owes his life to Paul, uh, speaking in that way of the fact that Philemon came to faith in Jesus through Paul. So uh, this is uh, a quick sketch of Philemon. So let's um, let's now look at um, oh, oh sorry, so let's now look at verse three, which is the greeting um, of uh, of Paul. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The focus is still on Jesus Christ. This is where Paul's thoughts lie. And the introduction there of God our Father, such a key concept to this letter, where so many people are described as brothers or sisters. So we've seen Aphia is described as a sister in Christ, uh, Timothy, a brother, uh, Philemon, a dear friend. It's also the theme here, if you could just go back to verse 2 perhaps, uh, of the idea of fellowship. And Archippus is described there as a fellow soldier. And if you go back to verse 1, even keeping the guy, keeping the work there, uh, Philemon is described as a fellow worker. So this idea of fellowship or community or partnership, fellow worker, fellow soldier. Uh, and those of us who are here, uh, who have the same Heavenly Father, who are siblings in Christ, we are in the same fellowship, this partnership, working fellow worker fighting fellow soldier for the cause of christ i just heard today with imogen the prayer for her to fight the good fight part of this is being part of god's army if you like fighting the fight against sin, the world and the devil in fellowship with these others i've mentioned all right if we move on back to verse three the greeting there grace and peace to you from god our father and the lord jesus christ and the very last verse of the, of the letter also has a similar statement about grace from the Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of Jesus is at the beginning and the end of this letter, holding it together, the free unmerited grace that God shows us in Jesus Christ. Well, uh, the letter goes on then to uh, say some very nice things about Philemon. Paul is genuinely um, very uh, affectionate towards Philemon and holds him and very high esteem you see there in verse 4 Paul always thanks God as he remembers Philemon in his prayers if we move on to the next verse the reason for this is because Paul hears about Philemon's love for all his holy people all Christians and his faith in the Lord Jesus So these are two key things Philemon's faith in the Lord Jesus Philemon's trust in the Lord Jesus which then leads to Philemon acting towards others through love, in love. So this is a sequence when someone turns to Christ, when they become a Christian, they then exhibit uh, their, new found, their new status, their status in Christ by love to, to their neighbour, uh, to others, but to the family of, of Christians, to all holy people. And so we've already seen that um, Philemon is part of a household church, perhaps Uh, Those people all became a Christian at the same time. We hear of that in the New Testament. Whole households turning to Christ at the same time. Um, Philemon obviously has some connection with Paul, even though he's in prison hundreds of miles away. So Philemon's got a love for saints beyond his own fellowship. Uh, So Paul has heard about Philemon's love for all God's holy people. And if we move on, we'll see then that this is caused uh, in verse 6. Uh, we see that there's this concept again of partnership in the faith so that faith is not just something that's individualised to Philemon but they're in a partnership of the faith and that there's this idea of partnership or fellowship or community or sharing again in every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. So I hope you're seeing these themes coming through. There's this concept of sharing, of fellowship, of togetherness, of working together, of striving together as part of the family of God, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And if we turn to verse 7, we'll see that uh, there, that love of Ph- that Philemon has exhibited has given great joy and encouragement to Paul. Uh, so we loving others can in turn give joy and encouragement to others still. And again using that familial term, brother, brother, brother in Christ, you have refreshed the heart of the Lord's people. Okay, well in verse 8, actually we might skip to verse 10, um, we open up uh, the real topic of the letter. Uh, It's an appeal for uh, Onesimus, who's described here as Paul's son, not his physical son, but uh, his spiritual son, his metaphorical son, who became his son, became a Christian, while Paul was in prison. So if you like, if this was an email from Paul and Timothy to Philemon C.C. Affair, Archippus, the house church B.C.C. St. Nicholas Goulburn Topic, Onesimus. Okay, so he's described here as as Paul's son and if we uh, head back now to verse 8 we'll see that the appeal that Paul's making he's putting in very um, in very gracious or very uh, roundabout terms if we could look at verse 8. in verse 8 we see that paul is not going to be bold and order philemon what to do uh, paul could have been bold he was the apostle he was a person in authority uh, he could give orders but he is not doing that and in verse 9 we see that the basis of the appeal uh, that paul is making is based in love. And Paul is here very downplaying his own importance or his own role. He's describing himself as an old man, you know, a decrepit old man, uh, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, not someone in a position of uh, power or uh, a position to do things. He's a, he's a feeble, entrapped person uh, making this plea uh, to Philemon. So it's in these very uh, gracious, very uh, polite, very deferential way that Paul is expressing uh, to Philemon what he want, would like him to do. So we see in the next section um, exactly what or what Paul is asking. So if we look at verse 12, we'll see that uh, Paul is sending Onesimus back to, or, well, yeah, um, verse 11, uh, this play on words that this person whose name means useful formally before he was a Christian, he was actually useless, uh, not useful at all. But now, uh, now that he's turned to Jesus, now that he's a brother in Christ, uh, Onesimus is, both, is youth, useful both to, Paul, uh, both to Philemon and to Paul. So it seems he was helping Paul, uh, perhaps uh, running chores from the prison or somehow assisting Paul in what Paul was doing uh, from his prison. And so in verse 12 uh, it says, Paul says he's sending Onesimus uh, back to Philemon, uh, sending his very heart um, back uh, to Philemon. And if we continue on um, in verse 13, this is at some um, some cost to Paul, or Paul has found Onesimus uh, very useful uh, while he's been in prison. He would like to um, like to keep him and in some ways be a representative of Philemon there while he's in prison. And then in verse 14, um, he's asking the favour of, uh, that uh, that again, saying that it's something that he wants Philemon to do in a voluntary uh, way, not being ordered by Paul. But uh, Paul didn't want to act presumptuously and keep uh, Onesimus there uh, with him to help him in prison. But he's sending him back to Philemon, his um, his employer or his his owner. So uh, so the request is put here so delicately. Uh, It's hard to know, or struggle, uh, exactly what Paul's asking. But in verse 15, we see that he's described as being... um, uh, In verse 15, we see uh, Philemon being asked to take back Onesimus. So the, the, uh, the situation's described very delicately here as being he was separated from you for a little while, where it seems... Uh, he actually ran away, absconded, went AWOL. But it's expressed to you he's separated to you from a little while, so that you might have him back forever. And if we go on in verse sixteen, uh, as uh, not in the not just in the former role, or as the former role of a slave, but as a dear brother. And there's possibly another play on words here because uh, the name Philemon actually means beloved or someone who's dear. And you see here in this verse says there a couple of times. Um, that Onesimus is a dear brother, he's very dear to Paul but even dearer to you, Philemon, whose name means dear one or beloved one. And again this uh, idea of fellowship uh, or of partnership, a fellow man, but this strong idea of family as a brother in the Lord. So Onesimus has this status as a slave or a servant, but he now has this additional status as a brother in the Lord since he's become a Christian. So if we turn to verse 17 now, we see the direct uh, request that Paul makes. He says there in verse 17 to Philemon, welcome Anisimus as you would welcome me. So welcome um, this runaway, this fugitive. So that's a clear thing that that Paul asks for. Uh, And in verse 18 it mentions there, if he has done you any wrong or if he owes you anything, which is why people think that he might have stolen something, if, if uh, Anisimus has stolen anything, Paul says he will pay it back. Charge it to me, and that's where he signs a letter, if you like. Uh, if we go to the next verse, uh, Paul writes it down and says, I, I will fit the bill. Here's my signature. He's signing the cheque. Um, I will pay for whatever is owed. And uh, he mentions there, Paul mentions that Philemon actually owes much more to Paul. He owes his very self in, in finding eternal life in Christ through Paul. And in verse 20, um, this, will cause, um, uh, this will cause some benefit or some refreshment to Paul. Again, there's probably another play on words here, because that word benefit has to do with utility or usefulness. And it's the same sort of word that... Um, is Anismus's name to me to be useful or beneficial? Uh, so I do wish, brother, uh, that you may receive some usefulness or be- benefit. Uh, I wish that you m- I may receive some benefit or usefulness from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in God. So I just point out that the only thing Paul asks directly for Philemon to do is for him to welcome Onesimus. He's he's um, doesn't say. Um, directly that Philemon should re-engage him in his employment or in in that relationship. He doesn't directly say that um, he wants uh, Philemon to send him back to Paul to help work him or perhaps even to free him from his um, bondage and to allow uh, Onesimus to be a free agent. None of this is is spelt out. But what is very clear is the new status, uh, the new status of Onesimus the new relationship that brings uh, with Philemon uh, because they are both now Christians and so that means they are brothers in Christ. Okay, well, that's the story. Uh, That's the story behind the letter that we've just read. That was then uh, and this is now. So how might this letter speak to us today? Well, um, perhaps you can identify with one or other of the characters and I've been talking to some of the people from the 8am congregation and it's interesting, They, different people identified with different characters in this story. So let me run a few past and see if you identify with any of these. Perhaps you can identify with Paul. So you might know two people, so if you know them separately, like Philemon and Onesimus. There's some difficulty in their relationship, it, it might be strained for some reason or even broken down. Uh, they might be separated. And you want to do what you can to, um, to reconcile them, to, um, to help heal that. But, you know, it's, it's delicate. Um, there might be a power imbalance. There might be some history that um, makes it difficult. And so you uh, feel you have to do something, maybe write a letter, as Paul did, send an email set up a Zoom meeting, have a coffee, uh, do something um, to, to help um, bring these people together. And so you're relying, as Paul was relying on God, on God's spirit, to, to smooth the way. And like Paul, you might yourself be under some pressure, in prison of some sort, uh, not free to do what you want, but in spite of those circumstances, God is calling you to um, make peace between uh, two brothers or brothers. Uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Perhaps rather you might identify with Timothy. You don't have a particular problem at the moment, but your boss is struggling with something. Your boss is trying to work out some difficult HR problem or some difficult people and culture problem. Uh, Your boss needs to have a difficult conversation and you can support your boss by helping draft a communique or a memo or by helping to frame uh, frame the questions that you're going to uh, put. Um, you're a team player uh, assisting someone uh, who's struggling with a difficult circumstance. Perhaps you can identify with Philemon. Um, you, somebody's wronged you. Maybe you've even forgotten about it. It was a long time ago. or And they might not have wronged you just once, like by running away, but twice by stealing something on the way out. And now, uh, out of the blue, um, they show up um, they say they've become a Christian and um, uh, sort of expecting you to welcome them back. It's just, it's be really tough. And I think we're going to say Philemon, he was a good guy. We heard uh, he was um, run, having a church in his house. He was um, loving God's people. But it's still a tough ask for anyone to accept back someone who's wronged them. And when the letter arrives, there's no, nothing there that says, Onesimus is sorry or is seeking forgiveness. Maybe we have to read the backstory. But maybe you're in that situation where um, somebody is wanting to uh, reconcile with you but it's not easy for you to do. It's tough to accept someone um, who's done you ill. Maybe there's someone in the church. Maybe someone in your family. Maybe someone in your workplace. uh, But it's tough. And only by God's grace that you could deal with that. Perhaps you identify with Afia, um, the wife. Um, you're not directly involved, but your, uh, your spouse is struggling with something. There's an unexpected life complication that your partner is dealing with. You want to support um, your partner as you can at this unsettling time. Or maybe Archippus. The, uh, your parents finding it tough going. Someone at 8am told me this. Their parents were finding some tough going, so they felt... Like Archippus, maybe they could provide support as a child, honouring their parents by supporting them through that time. Or perhaps you are like Paphras, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas or Luke, sort of just mentioned at the end as a footnote, just some other people in the background, part of the fellowship, the partnership, the band of brothers you might say, or uh, the sisterhood, if they're sisters, uh, fellow soldiers, people involved, but not you know, not directly involved in this particular issue. How can you help through your prayers or your Practical support, how can you help? Or, perhaps you identify um, with Anisimus. Maybe you think you're useless. Okay? That's what it seemed he was useless. Worthless. Good for nothing. Maybe you've done something you regret. Uh, broken a promise. Or broken a contract. Broken a gr- an agreement or um, something that was binding you. Let someone down. Maybe you've stolen physical goods or uh, intellectual property. Maybe you've taken something that wasn't yours. Maybe you've run away because the situation is just too difficult. You couldn't deal with the situation, so you've left. Maybe you've been a bit driftless, homeless, having left this situation. So I want to say it's okay. In Jesus there is forgiveness for for this and and for anything. And you can turn from a broken past and find uh, a new future trusting in Jesus, just as Nisimus did. And turning from past wrong and trusting in Jesus um, is exactly the way it's restitution. That's how one becomes a Christian. And we just heard a moment ago, I thought I'd quote from the baptism service, these exact concepts of turning away from the brokenness, the wrong in our lives, and trusting in Jesus, that is what's involved in becoming a Christian. So these questions were asked in the baptism service. Do you repent of your sins? Do you reject selfish living and all that is false and unjust? Do you renounce Satan and all evil? To reject those things is to repent. And then the question was also asked, do you turn to Christ? And the answer was, I turn to Christ having faith in Christ, trusting in Christ is the other part of becoming a Christian. It's turning from evil and trusting in Jesus. And uh, if if you've done those things, if you've turned from evil and you've trusted in Jesus and you haven't been baptised, can I suggest you talk to Paul about that? Because I think that you should be baptised if that's your situation. So that would be a good thing to do. Well, you know, in the end, this book, this letter... It's not really about Paul or Philemon or Onesimus or any of the other people. It's really about Jesus Christ. I said it begins with Jesus Christ in the first line, Paul a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and it ends in the last line, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Jesus is at the beginning and the end of this um, book, as he is at the beginning and the end of the Bible, and as he is the beginning and the end, you might say, of the universe. Jesus is the A and the Z, the Alpha and the Omega. He's also right in the middle of this. He's what binds everything together. He's the thing that these people all have in common. In verse 6, every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. In Christ, there's his sharing, the fellowship, the partnership, the community I've been talking about. And why uh, these people have come together is not because of their human connection, but because of their, each of their connection with Jesus. So Paul is in, re- is in relation to Jesus Onesimus is in relation to Jesus. Uh, Philemon is in relationship to Jesus. And that is why they are in relationship to others. They are all brothers in the Lord. Their relationship with each other is defined by their relationship with Jesus. Because they are children of the same Heavenly Father, they are siblings together, and it's that familial connection that's more important than any other markers of their identity. Like where they live, or their social status, or uh, whether they are a free citizen, or bound by some societal regulations or rules, or physically bound by chains in prison. Well, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, through your Holy Spirit, through the words of this letter, May we know your grace and peace and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all our spirits. Amen.